It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Hour number two of a numbers game right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Slate, Gay Plus, iHeartRadio. Jason Kahn is here as well, producer number seven. Uh, Vinny Maliula will join us, the perspective from behind the desk. We don't do a lot of that on this show, but we will get that as we do each and every Friday to uh, take us into the weekend. Um, Mark Borchard on baseball here momentarily. Following this uh, Rafa Nadal match in Madrid, um, he lost the first set and is down a break in the second. He was about to be down 2-5. He was down uh, 2-4, 15-40. But he's trying to claw his way back. Uh, this is why, again, for the French Open, although I do have a bed, French Open, the second of tennis's majors later this month, although I do have a wager on Rafael Nadal at a short favorite price, uh, I also took a couple long shots. And I mentioned I took uh, Marco Berrettini at 120 to 1, but I took Casper Ruud at 90 to 1. Casper Ruud beat Stefanos Tsitsipas yesterday. And yesterday, I took more Casper Ruud at 60 to 1 at William Hill here in town. So I am uh, I am anticipating that this could very well be the first time that the uh, you know that the 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 end of uh, of Rafael Nadal's dominance at the French Open. I mean maybe here's the thing. The clay people need to know this about tennis services. Hopefully, you know, obviously everyone recognizes the difference between who's great on different surfaces, clay versus grass versus hard courts. But within clay itself and with hard courts itself, there are slow and fast surfaces. At the French, that is so slow that it plays right into Rafa Nadal and Iga Sviatek's strengths. So this is not necessarily a portent of what's to come. Rafa has an even bigger advantage on clay come Roland Garros. But just in case, because just, he's just having so much more difficulty this year on the run-up winning some of these matches... Even if he even if he somehow breaks back and wins this against Zverev, which would just be incredible again if he can, um, but just taking a little action on uh, some dogs on the men's side, where I normally would never have in my life on clay, if that makes any sense against Rafa Nadal. So Casper uh, Rude quickly becoming the guy I have the biggest position on, but I got Berrettini and Rude at long shots as well. So there's your moment in tennis uh, on the show this morning as he followed the uh, Nadal-Zverev match with one eye. Let's bring him in to talk baseball from an undisclosed location somewhere in the desert. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, his podcast is the Base Winner Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Base Winner. It's Mark Borchard. How you doing, Mark? Gil, I'm doing good. Looking forward to a long weekend of baseball. Hey, lo- I love your enthusiasm. You and Paul Spohr and Jason Weingart. Jason Weingart's a little more low-key about it because um, he's under a cloud of smoke. But you and Paul Spore, like your enthusiasm for the sport of baseball, never waning. I just so appreciate that, man. Thank you for still. Yeah, there. you know when you when you spend six, seven hours a day on this stuff, you, you got you have to enjoy it. If you don't, you just you would just be I don't know. You, you drive yourself crazy. I can't tell you how when the years where I lived at the Hard Rock, right? Those summers where I where I lived at the Hard Rock and did nothing but watch baseball. I can't tell you how many times I I reconsidered my life like what am I doing with my life watching this much baseball every summer day but it is such an all immersive activity we have a tweet by the way that was uh, sent to you here uh, Mark let me start there John Fitzgibbons interested in hearing if base winners still trust the Angels at all man that bullpen 
<laughs> well, you know what, Gil? That's a good question. I I love the Angels uh, personally, just from a long term standpoint. But one of the things that's really interesting about this team is, aside from their bullpen, is their fielding has just been awful. And I, I kind of wanted to bring that up, and, and so I'm glad I'm glad he's asking about the Angels. Is if you look at the Angels, they've they've played 30 games, and they've uh, defensive run saved is negative 24. So that's almost a run a game. And I think if you have to kind of overcome that, it's 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 a bad situation. Um, you know, in the projected uh, uh, expected standings, I have them at 14.9 and 15.1. But if they just got league average uh, fielding, I'd have them at 18.2 and 11.8. So you know, one of the things about the bullpens that I to answer his question, sorry, Gil. Uh, one of the things about the bullpens that I do like to do is this. Uh, it's called the 3MBP, three metric bullpen ratings. And if you look at the Angels, uh, this is swinging strike percentage, hard hit per nine, and expected walk rate. And I have them 20th in baseball. Uh, I can't play them personally today. I know the model likes them with, with Griffin Canning. I think the price is just ridiculous with the Dodgers at minus 160. But, man, that bullpen's been bad. So I can I, – I mean – between the fielding and the bullpen, they're injured. Uh, Stassi's out with a concussion. He's a really good pitch framer. Kurt Suzuki's in the lineup. He's not. You know, the controversy with pool holes. I just think this is a good game to avoid. Although my model likes it, I'm going to gonna kind of pass on it, Gil. I like that you uh, that you did a little curveball on your model. Didn't uh, have complete fealty to it. It's Gil Alexander, Mark Borchard, base winner. Talking baseball here on a numbers game at VEASAN, the sports betting network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo, Sling, and Game Plus, and, of course, iHeartRadio. This now, so this triggered something in my head as you were talking about this. Now, nerd alert, everybody. Here's where it start, starts to get kind of nerdy baseball. So you mentioned uh, you, they mentioned fielding and defensive runs saved, right? Okay. Yes. So now this is, there, there's an analytics. There's people who love analytics. There's people who don't love analytics. Um, baseball, I'm all about the analytics for sure. Um, but I don't think we ever bring this point up enough which is that some of our analytics do incorporate some subjectivity, right? So let's take the notion of war. Uh, Fangraphs has one war, and Baseball Perspectives has a different war. They don't measure them the same way. So by definition, therefore, there is some, uh, there's some bit of difference there. And perhaps there's some subjectivity, maybe not subjectivity, but they measure it a different way. So the subjectivity comes in on things like BABIP and on things like defensive runs saved. Like, who is, are there, is there a person in this, and I really mean this, like, are there people who determine, like, with BABIP, that is, there's got to be subjectivity there, right? Because if you and I watch the same play in baseball, we're going to have a different opinion of what was, you know, a, a ball in play that should have been recorded as an out and what shouldn't have been, right? Am I am I missing something or is it all so mechanical now that there's no subjectivity? I think it's gotten a little bit more mechanical, but even like let's say you have like a camera and you're measuring distance and ball speed and how quick the guys off the off the bat, you still have to program the algorithm. So right. like that's right. And, and so so there even even with the 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 highest level of automation, at least in, in my experience of what I've seen, there is some subjectivity. For example, okay, how do you how do you rate splits in in batting? Right. I mean, 
people have different different ideas about that. And yeah, you can model it, but you still have to put the inputs into the model. So even with all the advanced you know, camera work and, and uh, stack cast data, you, you still have to program it. So there is, it, to answer your question, Gil, there is subjectivity in it still, even in this in, in this day and age. Yeah, and, and, and then when you get to defensive run saved, which is what triggered that in my brain here is, that would seem to be the most subjective of them all. Maybe Babip is, by the way, but that would be definitely subjective because that's now. Now the question becomes: Is it going to be so subjective that it's going to rate one player really, really good, and another person's going to say that player is really, really bad? Probably not. But it it is worth noting that there is some leeway to that. I can anyway. I don't want to go down a, a complete nerd rabbit hole. Again, I, I told people on the air the other day that you and I used to go to spring training games in Arizona and invent our own metrics in the stands when we watch games. So these are the kind these are the kinds of that things. Was, that was it. Yeah. No, so we're talking about defensive run saves, so yeah. it's irrelevant. It was expected defensive run saves, particularly for Dustin Ackley. And I remember that because yes. we saw all those Dustin Ackley shirts all around. It was like, what's his expected defensive rating? <laughs> uh, the kind of stuff that amuses Mark and me. Um, okay, so you're not you, – the Angels, your, your model – wants you to play the angels but you're you're steering clear uh what does your model like today and what are you playing okay i'm going to do something a little bit different for me i every now and then i do this but i can't resist this time i'm boston and baltimore eduardo rodriguez versus harvey and i've got rodriguez 16 percent better than average uh, and I think that might be a little slight to him. And I've got Harvey 121, which is 21% worse than average. So the five-inning line I have projected for this is minus 187. You can still get it, guys, minus 160. I love this play. If you look at uh, Harvey's game log, he, he has had uh, six starts, uh, six percentile uh, from a performance standpoint. So, you know, 100 would be best. So he's 6% uh, against – against Boston. He's 44% against Boston. He's 10% against Seattle, 36% against uh, Miami, 48% against the Yankees. And then his last start out. And this is why I was like, I got to bet against this guy. Seven percentile start uh, against Oakland. And then conversely, you have Rodriguez. He's 87th percentile, 65, 82, 88. Last time out, not as good, 53. But if you look at the, my year-to-date leaders in this three-metric chart, which is uh, swinging strike percentage, hard hit per nine, and expected walks, you've got Rodriguez at 14th out of 200 pitchers and Harvey 184. I couldn't pass this one up, Gil. So Red Sox first five. You're not messing with it beyond first five. I, yeah, but if I could, if I can just isolate this starting pitching matchup, I, I'm going to. I think that that the price is right for this skill. What's interesting about what you just said about Harvey? There's there seems to be an when you talk about mainstream, right? Uh, there seems to be this. I don't know if it's like massively growing, but at least a a slow crescendo. That hey, is Matt Harvey? He may not be what he was, but like, is he actually good again? Is he actually credible? And what I'm hearing from you is not so fast. Well, yeah, and that's like a really like micro uh, chart, that three metrics chart, expect, you know, expected our swinging strike rate, hard hit per nine, expected walk rate. But if you look at just like his base winner ERA, and this is just strikeouts, walks, and ground balls, uh, it's 5.25, and then you compare that to his regular ERA at 4.06. So maybe people look at, you know, 4.06, so that's, that's right around league average. He's not too bad. But if you look at like the advanced, even like the the macro, the, the strikeouts, walks, and and yeah. ground balls, he's at 5.25, and then Erod, Erod's at 3.05, and in, in that 
that expected ERA, Gil. I listen. I have to be honest. I'm gonna just go behind the curtain here for a little bit. So whenever I talk tennis or whenever I get super nerdy in baseball, there's an internal clock in my head where I'm like, what percentage of the audience is feeling this right? And with baseball, I could talk about this with you for an hour and never get bored by it. But I want to just get so so I I don't want to you know I want to go to another pick here soon. But I do want to drill down on something you just said. So the the three categories that you're looking at for pitchers. Um, Swinging strike rate, which I look at, you know, religiously as well. Expected walks per nine, correct? Is that the other one? Yes, sir. And that's just uh, that. It's a pretty easy metric. Pretty balls easy divided by pitches. Yeah, yeah very balls, easy. Balls, balls divided, by, divided by, pitches. by pitches. Okay. And the third one was hard hit per nine, and that's stat cast data. And so the guy has guy has six hard ball hard hit balls, and he pitches six innings. His hard hit per nine is nine. Do those three stats for you stand above the fray of all the others? So, in other words, fielding independent and BABIP and all those are those second tier stats for you? I like to look at a combination of the two. So that's a real micro chart. The macro chart, the base winner run number, that just that looks at strikeout rate, walk rate, and ground ball percentage. So I like to look at those two, and I also have long-term projections that I do at the start of the year. So, uh, you know, what I'm looking for, and and this is a good game uh, that that kind of drills down on, on what I'm looking for, is long-term projections, macro projections, and micro projections. So all three of those charts are something that I do when I kind of dig into the game. So the model says, hey, this this could be a good play. And then I look at those three charts, Gil. Does that make sense? It does, but ha- here, here's the biggest question I want to know. Because so, there's going to be a percentage of the audience that are always interested in modeling, right? So again, spectrum of sports betting. On one end, there's like really super math modeling guys like yourself. On the other end of the spectrum, there's smoke and mirrors guys. And you know, what have I been exposed to through the years? The one thing that I, that I, you know, the only thing I claim is that I've had the privilege of being around everybody from all sides of that spectrum. And it's been a privilege and, and so fascinating to see how different people bet on sports. And sometimes the answer is somewhere in the middle, right? Oftentimes the answer is somewhere in the middle. Um, how long did it, how many years did it take for you to sort of arrive at this system? Oh, Gil, it's, it's, constantly evolving and i've been doing this professionally for about 15 years so it's it's one of those things you just don't wake up and be like hey, i'm gonna use three charts and this right. one this one this one it and it constantly evolves and i but i think the longer you what's what's cool about it is the longer you do it the better you get it at at you know creating stuff and and looking at stuff so it's it's really cool in, in that regard so you're very similar to my buddy dr bob bob stoll who's a pioneer in using predictive models for predicting sports it is constantly ev- an evolving thing. He didn't wake up day one and uses the same thing that he used, you know, you know, 25 years ago. Your dog agrees that he does today. It it, it just layers are added. Some are taken away. So last thing before we get to your second pick, because I know people want to hear it. So it's Red Sox first five. Today is your first one. Um, does the nature of baseball today, we've done a lot this week about talking about the parody of baseball and how it's, you know, look, it's been a while now. It's a three-outcome sport, right? It's homers, walks, and strikeouts. So Jason Weingarten and I, we've bet first innings for years, and we do it a certain way, and we never really quite say how we do it. And um, one of the things that I'm interested in is, is the nature of the sport now, because it's only a three-outcome sport, is it messing with our first innings? And do you find that the three outcome nature messes with the way you used to bet baseball? Like, do you have to, you have to account for that in a way that you never had to before? 
Joe, I think if anything, it helps me because I, to me, the model's super dependent, or I wouldn't say dependent. I would say one of the, one of the metrics that's that it emphasizes is strikeout rate. And what's cool about strikeout rate is that's that kind of normalizes easily. It correlates easy, so you can be better at predicting strikeout rate because it's more it's a it's a more predictive you know strikeout percentage is more predictive. So if anything. I think it helps me out. Now, the one thing that, that's mm. hard to predict and I want to get better at it is home runs. And that's just, there's so much randomness in that. And But I, there's a way to do it, do it a little bit better than, than I'm currently doing it. And, and, and we mentioned evolving. And so I look at that, that particular piece of the puzzle. I think I do strikeout percentage good, walk percentage good. And then, you know, figuring out that home run percentage is that, is that third piece. But if anything, I think that the, you know, more strikeouts uh, really helps, uh, from, from a consistency standpoint, Gil. Mark Borchard appeals to my nerdy the nerdy side of my brain like nobody else. I, I want to come down to Arizona, get in the lab with you, and just crunch baseball. All right. Oh, uh, I'd love to work. I, I want to, you know, I want to build a model, Gil, for the voice of sports betting and call it, <laughs> you know, I want six inputs and call it the G6 model. I think that would be really cool. <laughs> we'll work on that. All right, what's next? And then you, you, you could play Far East Movement when you're, when you're handicapping, you know, like a G6. I see. I see where you're going with that. All right, what's pick number two? What do you like today? Okay, gonna go with the Padres with Blake Snell versus Tony Disco, oh, and this we're, is one we're of oppo. Those... We're oppo, you and me. Okay, so I'll, let me give you my reasoning. So I I don't believe Tony Disco is is as good as he's been. I have him in the model at one hundred and three. I've got Snell, and Snell has been great. Uh, I have him in at eighty nine. I've got the probability at minus one sixty seven. Um, and if you look at uh, Tony Disco, uh, his his swinging strike percentage, hard hit per nine, expected walk percentage. Now this is this is the the average of his medians. He's uh, at a 42 percentile, 117th in baseball. And Stell's not much better. He's 93rd in baseball, 54th percentile. But it comes down to one of those things where, okay, do you think this is sustainable or not? I know you used to you used to sing about it. I don't think uh, Tony Disco sustainable. <laughs> you remember, you remember saying unsustainable. That's that's what we. That's exactly that. right. Um, I'm listen. You know what my basic thing is with the Giants because I, you know, first of all, it's the price that I'm playing here, right? I love the plus one thirty five on the Giants. It's actually a better price now than what I got it. I think that the Giants' offense, Mark, is chronically underrated. And I felt this way last year as well. I think the front part of that lineup is sneaky good. And I think they're players like, uh, you know, over over time here, Yastrzemski and Dickerson and Solano, like guys like that that are chronically underrated. Uh, and obviously with uh, Posey and Longoria doing things early this season, no one could have expected that. But that's... My, that's usually my my advantage on the Giants, or my edge on the Giants usually, is I think that's underrated. Um, the other thing is, I, I, and this will be the first input in the G6 model, I think you're probably underestimating Giants magic, aren't you? Well, yeah, we got to isolate that magic component. So yeah. that's that's the uh, that's the first component of the G6 model. I like that. <laughs> All right, so you're on you're on the Padres. Full game on that one? Full game on that. I'd like the bullpen better than the Giants. Giants' bullpen's been decent. Padres has been better. Yeah, third in baseball. Padres' bullpen, I got nothing wrong to say about that. All right, so Red Sox first five, Padres' game, and what's a third? You know, I'm going to stay with these two, okay. Gil. I mean, I, I liked Cleveland and lines moved up. I think that's a decent uh, decent play, but it's kind of steamed up, I think, to minus 140. So, uh, you know, police has been up and down, I think. that And Cleveland, what a team, man. Look at that. They're at the top of the top of the uh, division, 
I, I still like this Cleveland team, Gil. Would you bet them? I'm glad you brought up the AL Central because obviously, you know, you have an AL Central right now that has the Tribe on top at 17 and 13, the White Sox who have got problems and may not have their manager for for long term, in my humble opinion, 16 and 13. Royals, of course, uh, led the way early this season at 16 and 14. That's probably unsustainable. And then there's the Twinkies. At 11-19, and 19, and if you look at the division odds right now, this is courtesy of BetMGM, and I think these are updated. Are we sure these are up to the minute? Jason's nodding yes. Tribe 7-1, to one, Twins plus 375. Would you bet both of those, either of those? Which one do you like better? Okay, I, I would bet the Indians. I'm, but I'm really high. My projections are super high on the Indians. I have them right now winning 92 games, Twins 87, White Sox 87 and a half. So, yeah, I mean, it, you put it in, in, in the mixer. I've got the Cleveland Indians with a 60% chance to win this division. It's a good play. And you liked them before the season, too. So who am I asking, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. You're right. You know, them and the Yankees are probably my two teams that I – you know, I differ with the market considerably. Yeah, I thought the I thought the Tribe and the Twins, and we talked about this on Primetime Action, I think, well, we talked about it on both shows, on a numbers game too. But Matt Brown and I on Primetime Action, we both thought the Indians and Twins were completely underrated. The White Sox, let's put it this way, the White Sox love in this division now for a couple years has been over the top. And now they have injuries and they have some internal turmoil. I still don't buy it. I just don't, based on the market prices, that is. Yeah, and can Rodon be as good as he has been? I mean, I had him 8% worse than average, and he's like in my top 30 right now. So I don't know if that's – talk about sustainability. Is Rodon sustainable? That's a big question for the White Sox. I'm, I'm fading him today. Uh, Mark, I love it. Always appreciate it. We'll talk again next week. My pleasure. Have a good good weekend to the voice of sports betting. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Mark Borchett, everybody, from an undisclosed location somewhere in the desert. You can follow him at Base Winner, the Base Winner Podcast, wherever podcasts are available. We'll come back. Maliulo Maolio will join us. His perspective from behind the desk. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander. This week between the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness, the Triple Crown is still the main topic of conversation on the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. Steve Kornacki of NBC News talks about his successful pick of Medina Spirit in the Derby. You see that, Jason? He was on another horse. The horse got scratched. He's like, oh, I'll go Medina Spirit. Uh, and he looks forward to next week's Preakness. So does trainer Mike McCarthy, who sends his Colt Rombauer to race in the second jewel of the Triple Crown. South Point's Chrissy Andrews by Mishpucha. He'll handicap uh, weekend races, the Ron Flatter Racing Pod, the RFRP, available now at vsan.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. It's sponsored by First Bet. You know what we haven't talked about today, uh, Jason? Football. Um, here's the thing. You know what I was saying last? I was like, oh, tennis. By the way, Nadal lost to Sasha Zverev, 6-4, uh, six, four, six, four. So the king of clay, he's lost uh, preliminaries to the French, in the preliminaries to the French before. But the quarters? Whew. Maybe this is the year it ends. 13 French Opens. Nothing wrong with that. Be no shame in it. Um, but we haven't talked. So I said, when I talk tennis or when I talk nerdy baseball, there's always a clock in my head like, is there a percentage of the audience not feeling this? You know what You know what? 100% of the audience loves? Football, baby. Because uh, Vinny's going to join us momentarily, and the South Point has put up division odds, 
which we'll get to with Vinny. Uh, we have the BetMGM odds, proud sponsors of this show. Uh, can we look at, like, the NFC East, by the way? Because we've looked at this before earlier in the offseason, but I haven't in a while, and I'm just curious where all these stand right now. NFC East, um, obviously Super Bowl odds on the right, but division odds down the middle. Cowboys, the short shot, plus 100. Your Washington football team at 3-1. to one. Eagles plus 425, Giants 5-1. to one. Now, this is a... 17-game long season bet. Would I gravitate to make this bet? I don't know. But if you're saying, which bet would you make if you did? Washington, 3-1, to one, period, end of story. Without hesitation. That defense with Ryan Fitzpatrick now at quarterback and an offense that improved this offseason um, with Curtis Samuel, Deami Brown in the draft, Adam Humphreys, Give me Washington three to one. Wouldn't even think twice about that. But again, is there something sexier than a three to one bet for a whole football season? Sure. But if I had to bet one, that would be it. Let me see the NFC North. We talked about this on primetime action. With all the uncertainty surrounding Aaron Rodgers, do you think Aaron Rodgers plays for the Packers? Do you think he doesn't? By the way, I agree with uh, Michael Lombardi. He's much more likely to sit out the season than he is to get traded. I think the 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 more interesting props when he because everyone wants to talk about those Aaron Rodgers what team will he end up with the Deshaun Watson what team will he end up with is way more interesting because I really think Deshaun Watson is going to get suspended either way by the NFL and then he'll end up with another team mid-season that's a whole nother story but as far as the Packers this really just comes down to do you think Aaron Rodgers plays this season or not I don't think it's about another team the division odds at MGM off the board but here's what I was rec- here's what we were all recommending on primetime action. Matt, Danielle, Kelly, and I. You got to bet the Vikings, and if you want to be conservative, bet the Vikings and the Bears both at plus money. If you don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be around, sorry, Lions fans, you're not part of this. But the reason you bet the Vikings and Bears because the Lions got no shot at this. You will guarantee if you believe that Aaron Rodgers is not playing, that's the way to bet this. Period. End of story. Because. Jordan Love at quarterback? How much worse are they? They might be worse than the Lions. Seriously. That's how much Aaron Rodgers means. Vis-a-vis Jordan Love. Jordan Love, I said. Yeah. So, um, let me see one more. Let me see the NFC West, because we have a short uh, segment here. We'll get to Vinny, find out what they posted. But NFC West, this obviously is scrum like no other in the NFC West, although the NFCs might have something to say about that. NFC West, Niners, you got to figure it's Jimmy G still at quarterback and not Trey Lance day one. But the Rams, with their acquisition of Matt Stafford and the trade for Jared Goff, they are the short shot at plus 175. Niners, 2 to 1. Seahawks, plus 280. Cardinals, 6 to 1. None of those are juicy enough to play. I still think the Rams to win the NFC and the Rams. Well, the Rams to win the NFC here, I guess they're 6-1 to one if we cut those Super Bowl odds in half. That's usually how it works. Um, even that is not, I mean, 6-1 to one's kind of good, but earlier this offseason it was, I think, double that. What you're seeing for Super Bowl odds now used to exist for the NFC and the Rams. That was where the bet was. But at 6-1 to one to win the NFC, it's about as good a bet as there is. But I wouldn't bet any of these on the division. Who wants that at plus 175, 2 to 1, and plus 280, respectively, on the Rams, Niners, and Seahawks? And sorry, Cardinals fans, I wouldn't play you at 6 to 1. I just wouldn't. The Cardinals, 
it's funny. Cardinals always get some buzz from some people offseason. I just don't get it. I don't see it. Might they finish third? Sure. They're not winning it. Rams conference, still the best play, despite it being much shorter than it was earlier this offseason. I think 6-1, to one, best bet there. South Point's put up division odds. Um, we'll find out when they're putting up season wins. Vinny Maliulo joins us next on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. to a numbers game with Gil Alexander. Did you know VEASAN.com has the latest lines and odds for every game on the board tonight? Well, we do. Track the line movements with live charts. Get estimated scores for every matchup and all the betting information you need to stay on top of the action. By the way, you can drill down on it further uh, with more data available on VEASAN.com slash NBA, VEASAN.com slash NHL, VEASAN.com slash MLB. You get the idea. You can also use our parlay calculator to figure out payouts and get all our betting 101 info, including definitions of the betting terms we use here on the Sports Betting Network. Start your day's sports betting research for free at VEASAN.com. That's VEASAN.com. Gil Alexander, uh, just to let you know how uh, things go here in the studio. Oh, look at that. Just roll over me with the music. Vinny Maliulo, slow jamming. Uh, just to let you know, Vinny, what Vinny, what just happened in here? I was saying to Jason Khan, I was like, I probably sat in this seat. I don't know what is it. We could do the math, but it's thousands of times, right? Doing two shows a day here at the South Point, and I never rarely look to my left through the window. And I said, I was like, Hey, did those? Uh, I, I never noticed the uh, the steak and shake signs and the Yen Shin signs over here. These other restaurants here at the South Point. And I'm like, did, were those, before I could say, were those obstructed? I have obstructed view. Jason immediately goes, no, Gil, those signs were always there. That's how Jason treats me, Vinny. Sure. That's how it goes in here. Listen, yes. that's, why Jason's in, that's why Jason's in that chair. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, Gil. No one said the signs weren't there, Jason. All right, Vinny, how you oh, doing, man? First of all, why, why do we not have the pleasure of your company here this morning? What's going on with you? you well, let me tell you, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm at a place that we all just love to death, uh, and it, and I'll tell you the the three, uh, the th- not the three words. All I have to do is say the three initials, D M V. Oh, you're in the District, Maryland, Virginia. Is that where you are? That's exactly right, and 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 I and I tell you what, you're as big bigger here than ever before, Gil. <laughs> oh, Do you have an? Here's gracious. here's the thing. Obviously, you're at the Department of Motor Vehicles. Do you have an appointment, Vinny? That's the key yeah. to success. Yeah, that's why you have to. Yeah, and you got to make an appointment in advance and all these other things. So yeah, I got a nine fifteen. So I was obviously going <laughs> to cut it too close. You sound but, thrilled uh, here, but I I didn't I didn't want to miss. So um, I'll try to get some of the you know some of the folks I'm, uh, that are milling about. Thank God I got a number. Um, but so some of the folks milling about, they'll uh, they'll undoubtedly, uh, you know, uh, have have their ears pinned to Vincent right now. Uh, Vinny, let me just ask you this in closing: uh, Did you get your license suspended? What's going on with you? What are you there for? No, it's <laughs> no, it's not, no. Well, I don't know. I guess not not officially. Uh, I hope it's renewed. Okay. Well, so we wish you luck. We wish you luck. Thank uh, you, Gil. Let me. Thank you. We were um, just... bet, bet, bet the bet the yes. Please. <laughs> we were just going through uh, some uh, division odds real quick uh, from BetMGM, yeah. but the South Point has them now? Yeah, we put them up this week, Gil, and uh, love to, the, to go over them with you just and get some perspectives. I mean, obviously, the big question is uh, the NFC North, right, with the, uh, the Rodgers situation. Mm-hmm. And um, 
did, did put those up and took into account, you know, there's always an element of anticipation, right? When you're, when you're posting, uh, posting prices. And in this one, just dealing with the possibility of, of the Rogers issue with the Packers. So the Packers, you know, they're still the favorites. Why? Because he's still there, right? So minus 150, uh, two to three on the Packers. Followed closely, you know, pretty cool, a lot closer than it would have been. The Vikings at seven to two, so plus 350 there. The Bears at four to one, simply because of uh, interest in the Bears with what they did uh, in the offseason, uh, particularly at the quarterback position. And the Lions at 15 to one. So, Again, uh, a bit conservative on the prices until you get a, a, a feel for what's going to happen with Rodgers. Does he stay? I mean, they're still the favorite as long as he's there, right? Uh, does he sit out or does he get traded? And then um, the other conference that's impacted possibly by this, believe it or not, is the AFC West, uh, most notably the Broncos, who without this possibility or some speculation on the Rogers situation, Gil, they would probably be, uh, you know, uh, I would say the fourth choice overall. Uh, but as it uh, sits now, uh, they're the second, uh, uh, they're actually right with the Chargers. So we use the Chiefs 220, obviously big favorites. Uh, they would have been bigger uh, and, and they may go back up if, if Rogers doesn't go. We use Broncos uh, six to one, the Chargers plus four and a quarter, and the Raiders at fifteen. So, again, always easier to go up uh, rather than uh, uh, come down necessarily, uh, depending on what happens with Aaron Rodgers. I have this image of you at the DMV, you talking on the phone with me, and people in line like listening closely to your every word, Vinny. Several uh, people writing things down yes. right now and speaking in multiple languages, saying. <laughs> Um, so now I, let's take you, Vinny, Vinny, the bookmaker. Let's make you Vinny, the human being, Vinny, the football fan. What is your, what does your gut tell you? Like, I think I'm on Lombardi's uh, side on this one where, and, 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 you know, where it's like, I don't think he gets traded. My instinct is, yeah. I think he's, I really think he's the kind of guy to sit out. What does your gut tell you? You know, Gil, I would say. Um, I wouldn't discount sitting out, uh, uh, actually. Um, but I also think that he's really going to press this issue. And I think if he gets traded, it, it's got to be for significant assets. And one of those assets is a is a quarterback, is, a, is somebody that can step in and start. Uh, because I'm not so sure Jordan Love is the answer if he's ready right away. I mean, the fact that he's the only quarterback – on their roster right now. And I think they put out basically like an open call for their first OTA. Uh, anybody interested or, you know, in, in trying out for quarterback and start now. So there's that contingency plan by the Packers. Uh, I still, by virtue of these prices, I still think there's a possibility he works things out and he winds up playing for the Packers. I would say Packers first to trade second, sitting out the season third. Uh, but mm. it wouldn't shock me. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if he did sit uh, sit the season out. But so, what's interesting about he's a pretty good game show host as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't I didn't think he was that awesome to be honest with you. I think people would curve it up because he's, he's Aaron Rodgers. Kind of you know the, the so fallback what, position. What you're interested? What was interesting about what you just said? It is a fallback position. You're right. Uh, 
but they would have to get a quarterback back, right? So Teddy Bridgewater is, I guess, is what you're saying from the Broncos. I would submit then Ryan Fitzpatrick from Washington, right? If you need a quarterback that you want back in a trade, uh, may I submit Washington as a possible situation as well? I just think all of that is more speculative than him and the Packers just going mano a mano on this because I don't think the Packers are going to trade him. I think I think it's going to be a no, really yeah. contentious situation. Yeah, it, it's it, it is that way now, Gil. Yeah, we can we can uh, go go further into it. I'll, I'll talk about the uh, NFC North when we get back. All right, we want to do that. I want to ask you about I mean, the NFC East. I'm sorry. Yeah, I want to ask you about season wins uh, when those are coming out, and I want to ask you about uh, the Preakness because we may uh, we may have a uh, a situation where we revert back. I don't know if it's temporary or permanent to how we used to bet these uh, Triple Crown races. We'll talk to Vinny, get the answers to those questions and more. Slow jamming with Vinny right here on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander. Baseball players may not get style points for home runs, but baseball bettors do. New BetMGM customers can turn a dollar into $100 when someone goes yard during a game. That's all it takes. Sign up for the BetMGM app using VSIN 100. And if you place a $1 money line wager, one United States dollar on the Yankees or Nationals tonight, you'll get $100. If either team hits a homer, new customer offer, paid in free bets, visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH- in Indiana, in Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 800-889-9789. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Jason Kahn, could you remind me to uh, buy my mother flowers for Mother's Day after the show today? Nothing could be more important. Thank you. It's Mother's Day, everybody. Special numbers game investigation reveals on Sunday. Uh, we get tweets at Benny the Book, Anthony Teixeira. Uh, you asked if there's a pitcher to always fade prior to yesterday. Drew Smiley with the Braves hadn't won a game in two years. I've been fading that guy for years as he has high contact rate. Uh, Brandon Webb, I got down on uh, the Washington football team at 6-1 to one back in February to win the East. He adds, if I remember correctly, someone on the network had made a case for them to be, in the, to be the perfect fit for Fitzmagic. So I dove in. That would be me. So I'm glad he got him at six to one. Uh, and then my buddy E chimes in. He goes and he's he's uh, he's sort of uh, commenting on my comment that I always make that uh, betting on golf golf is the sport most ripe for a betting revolution. And he chimes in. He goes, there can't be a golf betting revolution when I turn on the golf channel and there's no golf to watch. Never understand this. He's right. You know who? Uh, Knows about betting revolutions? Vinny Maliulo, everybody. Vinny from the DMV, live from the DMV. Slow jamming with Vinny. <laughs> Vinny, can you slow jam at a DMV? Is that really allowed? Oh, you can always, absolutely. Yeah, especially when you're, if you, if you have a if you have an appointment and then you can kind of wait in the car and just get the tunes going. Absolutely. <laughs> By the way, Gil, yes, great Mother's Day gift. Uh, why, why not send uh, 
Mama Alexander a little, a little future bet on the Washington football team, buddy. <laughs> just, just saying. Because if I sent her that and not flowers, she would call me and she'd be like, Geez. I didn't say no flowers. I mean, you put, oh. them, you know, put, put, put them together. You know, oh, little, I see. Combination. Well, she would probably you know. throw the futures ticket out. She would be, is, <laughs> she would be like, is Joe Theismann still the quarterback? And then I would be like, no, and she'd throw it out. Um, but it's a great uh, idea, Vinny. I'm not sure she, she would know what it is. Uh, we'll see. We'll test it. We'll see if we'll do that. Um, you wanted to talk about, speaking of the Washington football team, though, you mentioned you wanted to talk about the NFC East. Yeah, you know, and then the, the, the price is there. Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty competitive, pretty balanced. When you, I mean, obviously, the, uh, the Cowboys, the favorites, uh, at 3-2, uh, to two, uh, plus so 150. Your Washington football team at plus two and a quarter, so a little better than two to one, and then the Eagles and Giants at four and five to one, uh, respectively. You know, you know, when you look at it, I mean, the Cowboys figure to be uh, to be healthy with uh, with Dak Prescott there, and uh, the defense should be should be improved. I mean, look, a lot of injuries last year, um, but uh, the Washington did a lot of good things. I, you know, with uh, Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick going there at quarterback. Good, uh, good draft. Free agency. I thought they did a nice job too. You want to pay attention to free agents. The Giants did a really uh, good job, I thought, in in free agency as well. So, and had a decent draft. So, pretty competitive uh, in the NFC East. I'm not sure if because you have to. We were talking about Aaron Rodgers in the previous segment. Is he a possibility to go somewhere? I think if it was anywhere. In that division, it would probably be Washington. Uh, you know, uh, given uh, given the the climate, I don't know, or or the Eagles. I just don't think the Eagles have have the assets uh, that would uh, that would be of interest to to Green Bay. What did you say Washington's price was to win the East, Vinny? Uh, plus two and a quarter, two twenty five. I'm going to need you to make that a little higher, Vinny. Can you can you go back to the uh, lab and do that? <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> Just a, uh, just a you're request. Not old, you're not the only one with that request. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, all right, when are, and when are you and Chrissy and Jimmy? We could still say a Jimmy, right? Jimmy's not around, is he? Is Jimmy still in town? Oh, he's here. Oh, he's yeah, here. He's he never here. left. Sure. He never went back. Oh, yeah. All right. He's not. He has not. Uh, he has not left Las Vegas yet. He's still patrolling. In fact, he's patrolling. Yeah, That's look, a good by, word. Look, keep keep ch- keep checking over the. It, so you got the uh, the steak and shake. Uh, sign uh, over your left shoulder, over your right shoulder. You'll see Jimmy uh, sauntering uh, through the uh, through through the book for he, sure. He mills um, about. Uh, when are season wins coming does. out? When are you guys doing that? So, Chrissy, Chrissy and I were talking. We already started working on them, Gil, uh, with preliminary numbers. Want to see the uh, the final schedule, right? So the twelfth. So next week, the this. I want to say that's Wednesday, Gil. Uh, I don't have a calendar right in front of me, but. Uh, May twelfth, the NFL will announce the that is official. Uh, okay, the official schedule. So we know the opponents now. We know the home teams and we know the away teams. What we don't know is the sequence of the of the games. And the reason that uh, makes a difference uh, in in our minds is simply, you know, are there three consecutive road games? What's the travel schedule? How does it work out uh, in terms of, you know, uh, east to west, west to east, or, or whatever the case may be? So. And and that can impact the numbers by maybe a half a game, or uh, in terms of juice, twenty, thirty cents, or whatnot. So it's always uh, we always like to get the uh, the official schedule down, and and then of course uh, you know you want to look at it, right? I mean, if there's somebody that's got a situation like like the Raiders, we, I use this as the example. Uh, 
you know, and I remember Brent Musburger, we're doing my guys in the desert and Brent said goodbye. Uh, you know, uh, have a, have a great, uh, great evening, everybody. I'll see you in a month. And he wasn't kidding because as we remember the Raiders, uh, circumnavigate the globe uh, more times than Magellan, I think. Uh, so, <laughs> Magellan. So you want to take that into consideration. Yeah, there's a little uh, geography, a little history uh, uh, shout out there, buddy. There's fa- Vinny's favorite explorer, Magellan. Um, okay. Um, no, wait a second. Now, now yes. he, he was up there. Let me just clarify this. Yeah. You know, Verrazano. Verrazano was a good one. I got to okay. go. I mean, you know, just from, from a hometown perspective. Right, but just, go ahead. Just clarifying. All right. Then, Vinny, the other thing is, and you sort of hinted at this because I didn't know about this. You sent this via text. The Preakness, the second leg of the Triple Crown, which is not this weekend, but is next weekend. Um, yes. That is going to be paramutual here again? Yeah, Gil. And, uh, you know, again, unfortunately, last week there was a uh, – uh, a dispute. Uh, Nevada uh, booked the Kentucky Derby the old the old way. Uh, when I say the old way, uh, previous to 1991, uh, races in Nevada were booked. Uh, limited wagers, uh, limited payouts, uh, full track odds only up to certain amounts, depending on the uh, on the location of the book. So um, the way things work in Nevada, uh, collectively the uh, the resorts negotiate uh, as a uh, as a collective entity for the contracts with the various racetracks and or racing jurisdictions. They couldn't come to terms uh, with, uh, with Churchill Downs, unfortunately, uh, even though that uh, they were discussing it uh, right right up until the weekend last week. So this time, though, uh, this is a separate entity. Uh, this, uh, uh, in terms of Pimlico being part of the Monarch Deistronic Group, and uh, that that agreement. Uh, is in place. So uh, wagering on the Preakness and the Belmont uh, after that three weeks later will be paramutual and all pools and payouts, uh, all pools will be available, particularly all the uh, extensive exotics as well as uh, full track odds uh, for the Preakness next week. Okay, but no no resolution to the other story and we'll just wait another year to see if that gets resolved? Well, gosh, I hope it's not another year, Gil, because uh, it's certainly it impacts more than uh, one track. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Churchill uh, is uh, uh, owns multiple tracks, and you know, and th- those tracks are, are important for for everybody in the business. So, you want to you want to be able to have a full betting menu for everybody, and, and you know, it's, it should be good for the for the tracks, and uh, it's good for the, uh, the casinos as well. Uh, did you have Medina Spirit in the Kentucky Derby? Refresh my memory. No, I did not. I did not, uh, Gil. <laughs> uh, I wish I did uh, because, I mean, a horse paid, what, 26 and change. You know, I, I really I didn't think that, that wasn't Baffert's best horse, and he, he'll be the first one to tell you that. Oh, he told us. Um, credit uh, credit that horse, though, for, for going out. By the way, John Velasquez won, won the uh, Oaks Derby double, for people who remember yes. that. he. Uh, That's right. He won. Uh, he won the Oaks on Saturday, but uh, I thought that Baffert. I thought that horse would also go off at a lower price because I thought that it would draw a lot of public interest. Uh, Gil, you know, just by name recognition, you know, Bob Baffert. Typically, he does uh, draw it, but look at, you, know, you look at twenty six dollars and change. Boy, that horse. Uh, he ran a great race. It was a ter- It was an exciting race. There's no question about it. When you look at four horses coming across. Uh, the line there right at the end. 
So, uh, but this should be uh, this should be a good race. It won't be as big a field. I mean, I think uh, hopefully we'll get to get in. But it's going to have more than one. You're going to have Medina Security. I think he's got a concert tour going uh, in this race as well with Mike Smith. So it's going to be interesting and um, you know hopefully exciting to see uh, to see another horse and Bob Baffert going for a triple crown. Yeah, and uh, I don't care what anybody tells me, and I'm going to talk to you and lots of others with uh, on, the, on the run-up to the Preakness. I'm betting a Baffert horse, period. I will not be talked off this position anymore. I'm willing to lose that <laughs> way. Let's put it that way. Yeah, this little safeguard with... Uh... <laughs> With uh, with Baffert, yeah, seven seven derbies. Listen, you, you can never discount them, which is why, which is pretty surprising. Again, when you think about it, Gil, you you don't mind as a, as a better, particularly in a pool like, like the the Derby, which has you know really the most liquidity of any any big race, right? When you think about you know the triple the triple crown and, and the Breeders' Cup, thought he would draw more interest. Uh, he'll get plenty of interest though, I think, in a Breeders. All right, Vitty, appreciate it. Get what you need to get done at the uh, DMV. Um, it's 50-50 on whether you get this license back, but good luck. Thanks, Gil. I'll let you know. You might, I might be carpooling with you. All right. I look forward to that. Can you imagine riding with Vinny every day? Thank you, Vinny. Vinny Molly. See you, buddy. Uh, good luck with all your bets. Give a whole bunch of baseball bets on the show today. Mike Palm uh, giving you a hockey feature as well. Good luck with all of it. Lombardi line next right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. <laughs> 